I will say a company that tells that that makes people fearful of making mistakes, they don't have fewer mistakes in their organization. They just have more people hiding the mistakes that they make. Mm-hmm. And more people that never get to learn from their mistakes because they don't get that opportunity. So yeah, like we make it safe to make mistakes and they're called out instantly by the person usually that made them. And then everyone gets yeah. together them, and fixes it. Hey, Slay. Hey, everyone. It's me, Jay, and I'm with my girl, Nina. And welcome back to the No Silas Left Behind podcast. We have to give a big shout out to our sponsors at Oligo Professional. Thank you for always showing up for us on the podcast. And guess what, everyone? Happy New Year. Yeah, it's 2024, and we're coming in hot with me and my bestie. And she has something to celebrate. So what's up, bestie? Listen, can you believe it's already 2024? Girl, I'm here for it. I can't even take it. Yeah. Remember when to, wh- remember when Y2K, when like yeah. 2000 came? <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it was so, I guess it was so long ago. Yeah. So long 24 ago. years ago. Insane. And now I feel like it's great. It's fresh. It's 2024. Mm. We're excited about just excited about celebrating some new things. And so happy new year to everyone. Thank you so much for showing up for us for the past four or five years with our podcast. Whoa. Right. Well, this will be our fifth year, 2024. I can't believe it. It's wild. I love doing this with you. And we're so grateful for every single one of you that has shown up for us in the past four and a half years. And we're ready to kick off 2024. I just want to say, first of all, you know how I feel about make that money. Okay. My course. Listen, let's go. My course for independent artists. It is back and kicking. It's going to launch again at the end of January. It has a, it's a complete makeover in terms of how I am rolling it out. It used to be a five-week course, but not anymore. And there's also going to be a self-paced option for you if you just want to dive into increasing profit and understanding your price per minute and price per hour. So get ready. And if you're not on the wait list, do that at ninatulio.com. And then I hope to see you and make that money. So that's what I'm excited about. And I'm just excited about, I love a new year. Yeah, I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. I feel like Global domination is like the key word for 2024 (laughs) for all of us, all of our mindsets, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, we're thinking big, we're living big and we're standing in our freedom and looking past our fears. So everyone buckle up, get ready. Let's go. It's time to show up and show out. Absolutely. And let's not forget how magical we are. Mm. That's the other thing that's so important too. We just often forget how important, you know, a position is being a hairstylist, being a salon owner and how magical you are. And so we just really want you to lean into that in 2024 and listen, who better? We have a kick-ass guest for you. And I can almost like hardly contain myself Same, because we have a kick-ass guest. You know, we always love to pop off in the new year. Mm. And so our guest is an educator and a salon owner. And she is in New York. I feel like we should make them guess. I wish we could make them guess. I know, right? Like live, like live. Right? We can give them hints. But we are here today and we're so honored and excited to have Emily Chen. You guys already know her. So you better be 
standing up in your cars or in your chairs or wherever the hell you are clapping <laughs> and celebrating. And we're so excited. So welcome, my friend. We are so happy to have you here on our podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Like so excited. We have so much to talk about and it's a new year. So new year, new things. Cannot wait. Woo. Yes. Let's go. I'm so pumped. Emily, I have to tell you, I am so blown away by your commitment to our industry. So mm -hmm. I want to give it up to you for, you know, really sticking to your guns just as a fellow stylist behind the chair, right? We always talk about being in the trench and you are there with us, guiding us along the way through your beautiful content, through sharing your vulnerability and all of your tips and tricks. And, you know, something that I think is so beautiful is like the ability to, for you to be able to share online. Mm -hmm. Right. So I want to open that door for you. Like the way you release your content is so consumable, right? It's, it's translating across the screens and it's very dialed in. So first off, like what made you start putting out content? Like what was your like aha moment or your sense of urgency to step into the arena of content? How did you get past their nerves? And in a little bit, let's talk about how you handle the trolls as well. <laughs> I love these questions. So I, I love teaching. Like I've always been a teacher, a mentor. I had my first assistant when I um, was maybe like four years into doing hair. And I've had an assistant every single year since then. I've been doing hair for like a hundred years, basically. Like a little <laughs> <laughs> so I found that I really had a passion for mentoring and watching someone like have that aha moment click. Yeah. And I'm like, I want more of it. So I just started posting things like, like on Instagram and, you know, a couple people here and there would watch it. And I one day like posted something that was like a little controversial. It was, um, where I put like pure pigments in a bleach, which, which you're not supposed to do, but yeah. I knew that if you did that. It would basically like lighten and then deposit hot pink, which again, you know, not manufacturer recommended completely illegal, but I knew the why I had been doing on a client. So I posted it and it like blew up and I got all these questions. Um, I also got from people that like thought I was a horrible person and this is totally illegal and they're calling the police on me. But a lot of like yeah. questions, like, like, how did you figure that out? Like what happens if you do this? What happens if you do that? And of course I was like, well, I can't promise anything because it's a illegal, but B, this is what happens, you know? <laughs> And I'm, I'm big on like the why. So I started yeah. explaining the why in my comments because I mean, rules are there for a reason, right? I'm all for rules, but like when you learn the why behind it, you can, you know, then the rule doesn't always apply. And that's always how I've taught, like learn the rules, then learn why, ask why, that's, it's the most important question. And then figure some shit out, like create your own stuff, you know, once you know the why. So anyway, I, um, since then I've, I started posting more and more educational content and it just, I get the same like feels out of this as I do when I'm mentoring an assistant of mine. Like I love getting messages from people who have tried something that I showed them and, you know, it's, it's worked out well for them. So I kept doing it. And honestly, like when I was a baby stylist, it was really, really hard to get any sort of education without spending an arm and a leg. And I did, I had no money, but I, I found money. Like I would just eat potatoes for a month, but that's what it took for me to class. Right. <laughs> 
But like today, like we have this amazing tool, like we have social media where we can share education. And I try to share as much free education as I possibly can. Like, of course, I have paid things. I have a paid subscriptions like $4.99 a month on Instagram. I teach classes and those are paid classes. But when I can, I try to shoot out as much info as I can online for free. Like I share full ass formulas. I share the whole technique from start to finish, not just like a little clip here and there. And I, I try to respond to as many um, comments and DMs as I can. You know, I'm also still like a full-time salon owner and, yeah. and also I can't get to all of them, but, um, but I try to get to most of them. So that's been my drive behind why, why I do what I do and why I'm online. Um, and, and I'm glad that people are responding so well too. I'm glad it's helping. You know, that's all I want to do. You're so connected to people. That's what I love about you. And I think, and I've known you for quite a few years now and yeah. Yeah, it's like five or six years that we have been, you know, kind of doing things here and there, some chats, some lives, some, you know, whatever. But I just, I love the way that you share content and you're so connected to people. And I remember when you started sharing more and more content, I literally would say to myself, how the hell does she think of this shit? Like, how are you <laughs> so thinking good. of this content, right? I mean, your diagrams and how you're explaining it. And I think that you are so connected and you, it genuinely comes through on your platforms, how much you care about people and educating them. Now, what would you say to the stylists that are nervous to put out content, right? Because you have to start, but then we also have the trolls and the people mm -hmm. that come on and they're like, want, want, how do you handle that? So here's the thing, like you have to put yourself out there. You got to shoot your shot. And like, Something that I shared the other day on my story that I, I think about a lot. I just never thought to share it because it's kind of, it's a little weird, but like, um, anytime I'm nervous to put something out there and I have been, I have been like super nervous. Um, especially my first time going live, um, which was with you actually. So <laughs> I think to myself sometimes like before I post something, if I'm like talking myself out of it, I'm like, Emily, no one cares. Yeah. And I know that sounds kind of negative, but hear me out. like. In my head, I'm like, okay, anytime you're feeling insecure about yourself, like let's say you go to a social gathering and you're suddenly like, I don't like my outfit or your hair just didn't turn out the way that you want it to, your eyeliner did it and you're feeling self-conscious about yourself. Remember that like no one fucking cares. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, even if someone does judge you for a minute and they're like, oh, I don't like that girl's outfit. A, whatever. B, their minds are going to go right back to thinking about themselves and their outfit and what they're saying, what they're doing, you know, back to their own day. Mm -hmm. So I say that to myself to help, like, to help with, like, putting mm -hmm. things out there because you have, to go out there, you have to shoot your shot. And in the worst case scenario, if it's, if it doesn't work out or no one likes it or whatever, or maybe you feel a little cringe, like, so what? So what? It was a little cringy. Like, did you die? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah, it out there. But if you don't put it out there. You're never going to have that opportunity where maybe this is this is the post, or maybe this is the thing. This is the connection, right? Mm -hmm. So you yeah. just have to get past them. Put yourself out there. Like, I was so terrified of going live. Um, in 2018, I had Gina Bianca come to my salon to teach a class, and that night I took her out to dinner and I like asked her like a hundred thousand questions because I'm like, that's how I am. Like I find people that like I'm like I want to do what you're doing. Like. I have a hundred questions for you. And I did it yeah. to you too. Not like, yeah. And yeah. Was like, what would be your biggest piece of advice for me right now? This is 2018. And she goes, Emily, you need to go live. And I, in my head, I instantly was like, immediately, no, immediately. <laughs> I'm fine, no. Um, but I thought about those words. I thought about those words forever. And I don't think I went live until like, I don't know, 
at least a year later or so, but I kept thinking about those words and I was so terrified. And was I cringing? Maybe, probably, but like, I'm glad I did it because if I didn't do that, then I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't have gotten that practice in. I wouldn't have built that confidence to be able to just go live, hop on live now. Mm, That's Um, so true. Haters, (laughs) what about them? Listen, again, people are going to judge. Typically, when someone's out there judging, it's coming from something within themselves. So A, like, remember that. Um, And B, like, how I handle trolls. So I typically will do one of four things. I'll either, if it's a comment that's, like, bullying the client, like, in my video or, you know, saying something that's mean about them, I will instantly delete and block. Like, I don't even play with that shit. Um, If it's something that I feel could turn into an educational answer. Like maybe I'll respond to them, but in a way where someone out there is going to get education out of it. Um, Or three, let's see. I wrote these down in case I forgot. (laughs) Um, Okay. Or three, like you can restrict them. Like, honestly, like I, I love that tool on Instagram. (laughs) That's my favorite. (laughs) If I see someone, I'm like, okay, you got to calm down. I'll restrict you. And you know what? Sometimes like I unrestrict people, but I just don't really know where their head is at at that point. Um, And then lastly, sometimes I leave it up. Sometimes I leave it up. If you're going to put a public comment out there, like it's, it's, it's public. It's going to be public. Yeah. I, I love all of the, this advice um, that you're giving around, you know, the social media aspect and all of that. And, you know, it's, it's a wild ride and we all three kind of experience it when we are stating our truths and what works for us. And a lot of times, as we know, when there is something in a bully sense or like maybe the trolls are coming, it all stems from lack of knowledge, which leads to fear and ego, right? So it's always above it, but I love, I love putting people on grounded. I have two kids. I ground them and I ground the people on my IG when they act up. Right. And I always say, don't run it up in the house of Latner. Okay. <laughs> Come here. Correct. In the arena. But I, before we move on to the next question, I do want to ask this because I just got asked this question the other day and I want to know the tea for you. Um, do you have someone filming for you to use a tripod, um, to you, like what app do you edit all your videos on, um, to use a mic? What is like your flow at recording the content and then editing it? Okay. So like technical stuff. Um, I, I do have an assistant. So when she's available, she'll be filming or someone from the front desk. When I don't have someone available to film, I have, um, a ring light with a little tripod thing on it. We have an and my favorite, my all-time favorite thing is like this 999 GPS hold I got on Amazon with a suction cup and I stick it right to the, to my mirror. It's like my oh favorite my thing. God. I have four of them in the salon. Um, love that. And then as far as editing, I love InShot for editing. Awesome. I edit almost everything out there. Or I'll use like the TikTok app, but typically InShot. What was the other one? Am I missing one? No, I think that was... You got it. I think you got yeah. it all. Yeah. <laughs> I I think, I think it's so important for people to understand, like when you start putting yourself out there, it is going to be uncomfortable when you start speaking on a certain subject, it's going to be scary. And the thing that my piece of advice is live in your truth and be consistent, like be, you're very consistent in your approach 
vary. Your branding is very consistent and you're also very consistent in your response. You're very, I said this to you before, but you are very graceful in the way that you handle things. You know, people are coming for you and sometimes things don't warrant a response. Like I yes. just don't have time for shit either. So I'm like, I'm, I just, I'm not going to respond because I'm not going to waste my time. And sometimes things do warrant a response and it's just your job to decide what does and what doesn't. But back to your original statement of like, no one cares. Like my husband says this to me all the time. Like <laughs> in two days, no one's going to remember what happened. No yeah. one cares at the end of the day, really no one cares. So if you feel that you are so passionate about something, shoot your shot, get out there, do it and put yourself, um, on front street. You know what I mean? Do the damn thing. Rev it up. Like, hey, don't be scared. I'm kind of like, be scared, feel the fear, acknowledge mm-hmm. that it exists, and fucking do it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I love it. Absolutely. So we're listen, we're gonna take a little we're gonna we're gonna go left here <laughs> from content. And we're gonna talk, we're gonna go from content to salon owner stuff because I think this is so incredibly important. You own a, a very successful salon, you have you know, stylists that have been with you for a very long time. We're moving, you know, we're moving through now 2024 and there's a lot of hate on commission salons and commission salon owners. And I feel like we're doing the most to make changes. And the salon owners that I know that are killing it, they are putting their people first. They are investing in themselves. They are flexible in their approach and in their leadership. They've made changes. They've been open to change. And I want to know from you, in in your opinion and what you've seen, where have salon owners maybe, where where have they been getting it wrong? And what can they do to kind of switch things up? Because now we're, we're moving through 2024. I love this. I love this question. So speaking of doing scary shit earlier, Mm-hmm. I think a lot of salon owners manage through fear. Maybe even if it's unconscious, there are certain actions that I notice people that leaders will take due to fear. Okay. A common example is like non-compete contracts, right? You're terrified that someone's going to leave. You're so scared that you do that mm-hmm. or locking things up, locking up the supply cabinet, limiting access to things, mm-hmm. um, limiting access to information. And and like, I came from a commission salon like that. And, you know, it's, I've learned like what, what isn't fun to work around, you know, and sure. what is, and, and I, I just think that trust is key. Like having that high trust environment is key. So like at my salon, literally speaking of keys, every single person has a key from the assistant to the manager front desk. And we've got 15 people. It's not like a tiny little place. Everyone has a key though. And if they want to come in and grab their scissors because they forgot, left them the work, they can come in on a Sunday while we're closed, grab the scissors and leave. Um, and I think they truly enjoy like having that trust and the freedom and flexibility. Like everyone at my salon has access to their schedules. If they're running behind, they can put their own block out in. If they want to take a lunch, they can take a lunch. If they want to come in a little later. Hey, I'm fine with them coming in a little later or leaving early. And then some salon owners might say, like, Emily, like, I can't do that. They're all going to take advantage. What if someone takes advantage of that? If you give your team the flexibility and freedom to be able to do these things and one person takes advantage, you address that one person, but you don't punish the whole group for the action of one person, right? Be a leader, address that person, have a one-on-one with them, speak to them, like talk to them. That's all you got to do. Nine times out of 10, no, like 99% of the time it gets resolved just by communicating. 
Mm. Right. So absolutely. I trust. Ooh, that is, that is direct and to the point and I am here for it. I think so in terms of like, and, and the way that I see it and interpret that, and as we talk about similar things is, you know, you have to create this culture and environment uh. where people feel safe, supported, seen, and heard. And when the foundation is right and strong, then they feel valued, appreciated, and there's trust there that you're building. And the old school mindset of the non-competes and the locking of the cabinet, I never even heard of that one. That's a new one for me. Um, <laughs> you know, restricting, you know, their flexibility or, you know, trying to hold on to clients and, you know, limiting access. Like my team always had access to their schedule and all the things that they needed to address things. And so I think if if there is an owner that's listening to it, because we're all about wanting to support people in their change, what are some things that they can do? Like, what can they start to, if they're in that mindset of being a fearful owner, which I was a fearful owner for the good, you know, probably four years of my business, what can they do to shift that mindset a little bit? Um, Start small, start with like unlocking the supply cap. And I use that as an example because like, I've been in a salon like that where everything was locked up. And if you needed an extra treatment, needed an extra this or that, you had to ask for a key. Someone had to get, you know, just shit like that. Start small. And also, actually, you know what? I take that back. Before you even start that, start to cultivate like um, a culture of accountability. And that mm. accountability is for both the owner, management, and the whole team. Like make it a safe space to, for lack of better terms, like fuck something up. Yeah. Make it a safe that like if someone at the desk makes a mistake and misbooks something that not everyone's going to jump down their throat that they're going to f- feel safe saying hey i screwed this up i need help or make it a safe space for you know if your stylist is a redo like turn it into a learning experience like what happened how can i help you be better um and that starts at the top too that starts with owners like yeah they messed things up plenty of times and i remember the first time as an owner i fucked up something in payroll and i'm like oh my god this is like other people's money. I just fucked something up. It was it was something like I was new to the software system and I had it set so that there weren't like cents on the dollars of the commission that they made. They were cut off like that last like whatever, however many cents. And I was like, oh my God, this has been going on for like 12 weeks. Like right. I owe these people a bunch of money. And I was so nervous that like everyone was just going to like think that I'm this horrible person. But I just, I'm like, you know what? Like I just reach out to everyone. I'm like, Hey, you guys, I made a really big mistake on payroll. I did this. I owe you guys this. I fixed it. I changed it. Everyone was like, cool. Thanks for letting me know. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and so I, I start off like in the interview too, by letting them know that like, we're a culture that embraces like the learning process. So mistakes are fine to make as long as three things happen. One, you acknowledge and own up to it. Two, you fix the mistake. And three, you learn from it so it doesn't happen again. Like, that's it. That's all that has to happen. Make as many mistakes as you want as long as you do those three things. Yes. Yes. And what happens happens when you do that? So, like, I will say a company that tells that that makes people fearful of making mistakes, they don't have fewer mistakes in their organization. They just have more people hiding the mistakes that they make. Mm -hmm. And more people that never get to learn from their mistakes because they don't get that opportunity. So, yeah, like, we make it safe to make mistakes. And they're called out instantly by the person usually that made them. And then everyone gets together, supports them, and fixes it. And then they're better afterwards. Like, Mm. so start with a culture of accountability. Then go into, like, little baby steps. 
unlock the supply cabinet, give someone a little more freedom with their schedule. And if you notice someone taking advantage of the schedule, blocking themselves out here and there, check in with them like individually. Don't be sending a text out to the whole group being like, hey, hey, friendly reminder. Like, like don't friendly reminder anything, okay? Uh, <laughs> like, yes. Contact that one person. Yeah, and then it almost as if you do like the friendly reminder, I've been in a situation like that. Um, it just creates chaos in the background because then everyone understands who that one person is. And then that one person is in shame and good luck leading shame to success. Mm. Right. It's like, and that's even for ourselves when we're in shame, shame, like good luck leading us there. But I love how you spoke about, you know, really leaning into the awareness, the accountability, and then the action. I think that is like, as a leader now in 2024 and beyond, that is like a non-negotiable, which then trickles down. Like you said, it starts at the top. Heavy is the head that wears the crown, hun, right? It's like, it's time to lead. It's time to buckle up. But it also is just having an authentic, open, real conversation, mm, right? Absolutely. Across the board. I remember, and I know, Neen, we've talked about salon ownership, and I did it for eight years. It taught me so much. And I feel so grateful that I was able to spend eight years as a salon owner. But it really, really was the most I've ever grown ever in my life. It was so <laughs> challenging. I was 24 when I opened, 23, wow. 24. I, I was a baby leading babies. And it was like all of that. But one thing I will say is like, through these challenges and through these discoveries comes amazing outcomes, right? So Emily, like what has been, if, if you can pinpoint one through your salon ownership journey, um, what has been one of your biggest challenges as an owner? And then like, how did you overcome it? Like how long did it take? Was it pretty quick? Took some time. How was that awareness look like for that? I will say, to be completely transparent, I'm still working on this part of it, but it's kind yeah. of myself as an owner when I mess something up, right? Like, cause mm -hmm. I, I try to be that person for my whole team, for my stylists, my, my leadership team. But like, when I make a mistake, I like really get down on myself about it. And I say really mean things to myself, right? Like yeah. in my own head. And what has helped me like I said, I'm still working on it, but what has helped me is just kind of like, you have to think of yourself as like the things that you say to yourself in your head. Would you ever say those to a friend of yours? Like if a friend of mine was in my position and did that, what would I say to my friend? And would I let someone talk to my friend the way that I'm talking to myself? Right. Let me tell you when I ask myself that, I'm fucking absolutely not. That's oh my God. So that's so true. And you know what? I am so like, I'm just going to bring up this conversation that I, that I had with a friend of mine who also, she's not mm -hmm. a salon owner, but she's a business owner. And we have these like very transparent conversations about what it is like to be a business owner and making mistakes. And I think, and I don't know, maybe you feel like this too, Emily, but like, I feel like there is almost a point that I feel like I need to be perfect. And mm -hmm. that makes me spiral because then when I do make a mistake, 
it's like, oh my God, I, I fucked up. I, I made a mistake. What are they going to think? How's it? And I go on this and what my friend called it was shame spiraling. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, that is so freaking true. Shame spiraling. Like I, I never talk to myself and say like, oh, you suck or you're stupid. Like I don't go down that road. I just start to like really get in my own head and feel like, how could you do that? Like, what are you thinking? Like you should know better, like that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. And I think it's so, I want you guys to understand, and I'm so glad that you brought this up yeah. and you're being so transparent about it. Cause I know there are so many other salon owners and even independents that really get down on themselves. We have to like, like we give our clients grace. Mm -hmm. We have to give ourselves grace too. Yeah, and right. when Judy shows up late, we give her grace. Why wouldn't we do that for ourselves? And that's also something that I'm working on too, and not doing the shame spiraling. and. I think working on it continuously is the action. Like yeah. it's, and it's kind of like stopping yourself when you go down the path. Like now I'm like, okay, you screwed up. Like, and I'm cool to, and I'll always own up when I screw up. Like I have no problem saying like, shit, I screw that up. But then I'm like, why did you do that? Like, what are you thinking? Now mm -hmm. it's shorter and shorter. Like my recovery time is less, <laughs> right? It's less. So keep working on that for everybody that's listening. I love that you brought that up. That's so powerful. Absolutely. Whew. I'm all revved up. I'm fired up. I Emily, feel like we're in therapy. Getting us revved up <laughs> on this podcast. How's everyone feeling out there listening? <laughs> Hot and bothered. I'm hot and bothered. Right. <laughs> I feel the same. I feel the same way. I feel like we're getting therapy right now. And I think this I is like, it. this is the perfect way to end this because we're in a new year, but I would love to know, and maybe some advice for you have for any you, for advice you have for anyone listening, like what does it take to make a great and successful salon owner in 2024 and beyond? Um, first and foremost, the desire to serve. Mm. We're there. If you, like real leaders serve our servants, that, that means your priority is growing people, mentoring people. Um, and, and I'm not saying that money can't be a priority. Of course, we're all here to make money and some sure. owners just as any stylist deserves to make money as well. But like, that shouldn't be the focus. If your focus is to serve, and you have the right systems in place, the money will come. Yes. But put your focus on your people. At the end of the day, like it's all about people. And and I, I actually like hate that phrase when people say, like, it's not, it's not personal, it's business. Like business includes persons. Therefore, it's personal. Everything you do is personal. So yeah. put the people in the front. Um, so just remember that, you know, before opening your salon or hiring a team. Um the other thing that I feel is important to, you know, put a focus on in 2024 is, is education and learning how to teach. And I'm not just saying teaching your stylist, but teaching your, your team, um, teaching your front desk staff, like the why behind everything. You know, I always tell people like, like ask, ask why that's the most important question. Any rule or policy that we have, if you don't understand it or don't know why it's in place, ask why. And if I don't have a good why, then apparently we got to get rid of that policy and come up with yeah. a new one. <laughs> yeah. Boom. We are so fired up. So where can people find you? I mean, obviously TikTok, Instagram, like drop all the mm -hmm. handles. I know that you respond to your DMs too. So if people want to <laughs> like slide on in, where can they find you? 
So TikTok and Instagram and YouTube. Um, I'm more likely to see my DMs on Instagram. But I, like I, I said, I respond to as many as I can. So I don't know. Instagram does this thing sometimes where like I'll be scrolling and it'll show messages from like an hour ago, two hours ago, and then 10 weeks ago. So I don't Dang. know what happened. Does it happen to you? It like yes. I'm like, what? No, I missed some DMs. In the- <laughs> so, but if I don't get back to you, just message me again or comment. Um, and yeah, find me at those places. I um, have all my links to my classes on mm-hmm. my uh, Instagram link as well. And my TikTok link. So um, I'm going to be watching some classes in this new year. Actually, there's, there's a few coming up. This weekend, I'm going live with Hairbrain um, with K18. We're going to do a cutting demo and demo the new product, which is Yay. Shield is like so delicious and like amazing. Uh, yes. Um, and then January, um, I have a another cutting class with Salon Centric. And then, of course, Fancy Fest, which I just posted about um, in March, March 3rd in New York City. So that's all of that info is in that link in my bio on TikTok and Instagram. Emily, I have to say, thank you so much for showing up and showing out with us. Thank you so much for your dedication to our industry. I'm so proud of you. I I love that you're my friends and I just, I'm a fangirl. So run me up. I know. I love that. And just keep doing your thing. Like I just, I just admire you so much and you're just such a class act. And I, I thought about that. I thought that about you from day one. Like when we first started connecting and talking leadership all these years ago, four, five, six years ago, I don't even know how long. Um, but it shows your leadership shines through your passion for our industry and people shines through. And that's why you are killing it. And I'm not talking about just on social media. You're just killing it in your salon every day with real people and doing real things. So thank you so much for being so honest and transparent. Make sure everyone you go check out her pages on Instagram, it's M Chen Hair, right? Instagram, M Chen Hair. We don't want to screw that shit up. M Chen Hair <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, make sure that you follow my best guy at it's Mr. J Ladner, myself at Nina Tulio, and our sponsor at Oligo Pro. And if you learn anything from listening to us today, please know that it is okay to live in your truth and remember to always live your life out loud. See you next time. 